changes this week we're going to listen to um, the Cameroonian choir of St. Peter Cleaver with a hymn later on and I'd like you to think about this question it was given to Solomon ask what you would like me to give you imagine the Lord saying that to the Romans Paul says that there's a chance to share in his glory and Matthew gives us some examples of where we can find the treasure, and if we do, what we should do about it. But let's begin with Susan Hooking Taylor, and she's going to give us her opening prayer. I pray that this time of turning our eyes to you, singing to you, praying to you together. I pray that our burdens would be lifted. I pray that our hearts and our thoughts would rise to you like incense to heaven. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless us. We ask Mother Mary to wrap her mantle around us as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Jesus said to the crowds, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone has found. He hides it again, goes off happy, sells everything he owns, and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he finds one of great value, he goes and sells everything he owns and buys it. In Fools and Horses, Derek was fond of calling Rodney a dipstick, and it became one of those words that changed its meaning from a tool used to measure the depth of oil in a car to a person who behaved in a less-than-wise manner, particularly in matters of the world. In the ancient world, a diptych signified two leaves or tablets bound together by a hinge. They were expensive items and given as presents. At Mass they were used to list the names of any person of distinction and they became known as mystical diptychs. 
containing names of very wise and notable people. Before the events of the first reading from the Book of Kings, young Solomon would be more like Rodney Trotter, not perhaps the kind of person fit to lead the chosen people of God. Then came his famous prayer, and King Solomon became exactly the sort of person whose name should be in the mystical diptych. By the way, to have your name erased from the diptych was equivalent to a decision that the person so disgraced should be punished by excommunication. Much worse than being called a dipstick, then. On a more serious note, our leaders need to ask themselves what questions of qualities would allow them to be included in any list of great people who have made wise decisions concerning their choice of action during a crisis. A cowardly leader, concerned for their own future, might ask the question, is it safe? Expediency at the forefront of a decision might ask the question, is it politic? The vain leader asks the question, is it popular? A wise leader always trusts their conscience and asks the question, is it right? These are not my words, but come from the civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr., who said this about his stance on human rights, and many would agree they are true words of wisdom. He went on to say that there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular, but must be taken because one's conscience tells one that it's right. Solomon Bar David didn't seek to live or rule by his conscience when he became king. He didn't know how to govern after his father had died, but changed after he had been approached by God in a dream. He was called in the silence and stillness of the cold and clear Gibeon nights. It's almost like one of the tales of the Arabian nights. A wonderful opportunity is given to him as an individual. Imagine if you could wish for anything you like. Not three wishes, just one. What would you ask for in your dreams? Solomon, the young leader, could have wished for empty treasures, but it seems he wasn't such a dipstick after all, and instead requested the ability to do what is right as governor of God's people, and was given the great gift of wisdom. Paul tells the Romans that if they love God and seek to do God's will first, like Solomon, they will receive gifts so that all things work together for good. In other words, Paul says, seek first the kingdom of God. So we have Matthew then with another picture story about the kingdom of heaven. What does he compare it to? A longed for treasure or a magnificent collectible pearl of great value, a wish come true? This treasure doesn't just appear though like from the genie's lamp after it's polished and crest in a cloud of billowing purple smoke. No, this treasure has to be bought or worked for, swapped for everything that you possess. Matthew is the one who's always wanting to give a warning about gnashing of teeth and other things, so we also have the image of a net being cast over everyone in the vicinity, like the seeds cast a about the rocks or the, the darnel mixed with the wheat. 
it not be all plain sailing in search for the spot marked X with the red treasure chest beneath it? The story of the sad seeds in the sower parable and the story of Solomon's dream both give some comfort to those of us who feel we'll not succeed if left completely to our own devices. We feel that we'll become dipsticks rather than someone who'll be listed in the diptych. The parables are like the Solomon's dream in the desert nights. They're like a wake-up call asking what you really want out of life. Do you really want to follow Jesus and search for the kingdom's crown jewels? Have you ever seen Drew Pritchard on Salvage Hunt? He isn't really looking for salvage. He wants to find those hidden gems that everyone else misses. He doesn't go into a stately home or factory without a lot of research before him. He has a, a wall full of books and an old furniture and he keeps up to date as much as he can with modern design developments. When he lifts a blanket to reveal mid-20th century iconic masterpiece, he already has the knowledge to make it a great deal, usually unlike the owner, who in terms of antiques are usually in Rodney Trotter's class. What about the seeds then? Remember the ones who have problems after hearing the word. We can have more in common with them than the privileged bright sparks who have the good soil and nourishment so easily given to them by chance. Perhaps the other seeds just need someone to take an interest in them, to answer their wish for understanding and knowledge, someone who will give them the gift of wisdom and right judgment. There is such a comforter willing to do that and more. It is the Holy Spirit who will provide everything for those who will ask in prayer for the seed of God's word to grow in their hearts. Each person has been written in the Father's own handwriting, in the golden diptych, found in the vaults of the kingdom of heaven, with all the other treasures and pearls.
change my life around.